All right, welcome everybody to the fourth episode of the Near Mint Hockey Card Podcast. I can't believe we're already four. I feel like we just started. I'm Elon Dubrowski. Joining me as always, Ryan Krieg, and we've got a huge show today. Ryan, a lot has happened in the past week. Yeah, hey Elon. Hey everyone. Uh, I was putting together notes for this show and writing down players, and so much has happened. Free agency, uh, the draft. The like the playoffs ended what seems like forever ago, but how long ago was that? I feel like, yeah, a week and a half ago. Congrats to the <laughs> Tampa Bay Lightning. I know, Ryan, that you, and this is going to tie into the theme for the show, you went in and just bought a Braden Point Young Guns graded card. So uh, kind of, I feel like a little bit the opposite of the advice we were giving just in terms of like we were saying, you know, maybe don't buy when the person's value is at its highest. And like Braden Point just ha- is coming off this amazing playoffs is the idea that it's gone down a bit since like the peak and you just felt now is a good time to get in before it's going to jump up again when the next season starts. Yeah. So it's interesting. I actually got one uh, earlier in the playoffs, like before the lightning were really crushing. Uh, And this one actually I got for a bit cheaper. Um, And it kind of ties back to our last episode. We were talking about sniping. So bidding at the very last second. And I just saw this one at a good price and I just put a bid in at the end and I didn't really expect it to get it that cheap. Actually, the guy messaged me when he was shipping it and was like, wow, you got a really good deal on this. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, okay. Well, can you, can you share? I want to know now what you spent. Um, Or you just not remember off the top of your head. With shipping, I feel like it was about 115. Okay. Yeah. And that must've been going. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I always wonder what it's like for the Americans when they're browsing because I'm browsing eBay and then every once in a while I see a card in American dollars and it's like looks so cheap if you're an American, but then you know once you do the conversion it's like the $65 card is actually $100. But uh, the other way it must be really fun to see these like 99 cent Canadian and be like this is like a quarter. This is nothing. Basically free, right? But uh yeah, what was point peaking at like right as the Lightning were in the finals and he was getting those multi-point games? So I looked at his cards and they fluctuated quite a bit, but I saw some for as high as 190, 200 when like they were right at the end of it and he was potentially going to win the MVP of the playoffs. And I mean, he was insane. A lot of people are arguing he should have won it. So, Oh, you mean the um, Con Smythe? Yeah. And I think a hundred bucks for a Braden point. And this was a BGS 9.5, by the way. Um, like, he's only going out from here. He's 24 years old. Yeah, you'd think so. I mean, you know, I, I've definitely, like, I'm just a little jealous, you know. No, but, uh, but, you know, it's one of those things where, like, not everyone could go up from here, right? Like, you could say, like, Nick Suzuki's selling for $60. Maybe right. you could say, oh, he's only going up from here. But also, we are seeing that it's, like, the new players seem to always be starting super high. But then players, like, we're new to this hobby, but I'm looking at some really great players like a Sebastian Ajo, who is probably something Nick Suzuki w- could aspire to be and, like... Nothing against Nick Suzuki, but I think that would be a really great uh, high point for him if he could get to what Sebastian Ajo's already been doing, and Ajo's already cheaper. So you, you got to wonder with some of these players, but Braden Point's already been around for a couple of years. And anyways, the point of all this conversation is to say that the idea for today's show is we're going to just be talking about how these events are affecting the prices and values of cards, because a lot has gone on over the last couple of weeks. And Ryan, I know you've been making a lot of bets like that Braden Point purchase, you know, just, just try to ju- jump in on something before you think it's going to go up or trying to get in on the ground floor of a player that's going to go up. And then probably on the flip side, there's probably some players that after all this free agency and, you know, trades and stuff, like their values go down. Like I could think of examples of each. And I'm thinking for this episode, we can just talk through 
some of these players that we think like that we're watching to see what's going to happen to their cards. And we've already seen obviously some big jumps. Um, maybe we can just get started. Like one guy that I feel like you mentioned right away that you were excited about and you bought a bunch of cards for is Tyson Barry over on Edmonton. So they signed him as a free agent. Then this coincides with Oscar Clefbaum being announced to be injured for a little while. So it's like all that top power play spot with McDavid and Dreisaitl is like, his for the taking and he's known to be a big power play guy so there's no reason why you shouldn't expect him to come in next season and start racking up the points on a team that's popular the Edmonton Oilers how can that not be good for his card value yeah so I think it's important to remember that hockey card value is very tied to the amount of hype a player is going to have and that's why we talk about things like free agency we talk about trades we talk about uh, the draft guys winning in the playoffs um, and so I think the Tyson Berry hype train is about to start rolling really fast because, you know, in Toronto, he didn't really get the playing time on that top power play. He didn't really ever take off there and Toronto's a big market, but he just never clicked there. And I feel like the fans never clicked with him either. Um, I think like, this isn't the least risky guy ever. Uh, that could happen again in Edmonton. But I think he gets on power play one, plays with McDavid and Dreisaitl, and you're talking about Tyson Berry all year long again. Yeah, exactly. And as, while he's making headlines, that would be a reason why people would be wanting to get his card. And then, then I wonder, like, on the flip side, like, what I think, I'm like a fantasy hockey guy, right? Like, I, I'm doing this, like, Keeping Carlson Fantasy Hockey Podcast. I'm always thinking about every time there's a signing, I'm trying to think of who benefits and who's hurt. And, you know, when we heard the news a few weeks ago that Oscar Clefbaum was going to be injured, I was thinking, wow, like, Evan Bouchard, what a great opportunity for him. It's going to be his rookie year probably next season. And now he, there's a wide open spot on the top power play. Now Barry comes in, and so Bouchard, I guess we're going to have to wait. Plus, there's always that risk that, like, what if Barry does click, and then all of a sudden, you know, the Oilers extend him for a few years, give him a nice long contract, and now Bouchard is locked away from that top power play, you know, for the first five or so years of his career. I'm, I'm not saying that I necessarily think this is going to happen, but it's a possibility. So have you noticed, or, like, do you have any concerns about Evan Bouchard's card value? Like, obviously, you know, we wouldn't have expected him anyways to be a huge star right away, but does something like Barry coming in affect Bouchard or is that more of like a fantasy way of thinking it doesn't really affect the way people buy and sell their hockey cards I have a couple interesting thoughts on Bouchard the first one is that his cards are actually more valuable than Tyson Berry's right now and <laughs> I think that bodes well for Berry's value going to Edmonton um, but I think Bouchard is the kind of guy that you know he might not be a this year project but I could see him coming in and being the Heiskanen to Klingberg kind of comparison with him and Barry. And, you know, Heiskanen's the guy that everyone talks about and also the guy with the higher card value, even though, you know, Klingberg could be considered the number one guy. Right, yeah. I guess in the playoffs, Heiskanen had that huge run at the start and his card value spiked. He's another one, by the way, who... It's interesting now because his value has gone down since the peaks of the playoffs. But I don't necessarily think, like, I don't begrudge someone for not having sold if they had him when they had the chance just because the high might come again. But yeah, just such a great example of how, you know, these values are fluctuating. And yeah, back to Bouchard and Tyson Berry, I guess that's another thing where we'll kind of have to wait and see how the season starts and how things are going. Are you planning on, like you bought these Tyson Berry cards, is your idea to, as soon as the season starts, if he has a hot start, you're going to try to sell it right away? Or is this like a long-term wait and see if he signs a long-term contract extension? 
Yeah. So actually first quickly want to talk about the actual process of getting these because yeah, yeah, good point. It, it really like as soon as he signed uh, and maybe a hot tip here is to make sure you have a way of getting the news really quickly when you're a hockey card investor or buyer, because I, it popped up on my app left wing lock and I immediately went to eBay and bought a couple up. And as I was clicking into young guns for Tyson Berry, ones that were listed were already sold. So it was a matter of a minute or two and they were starting to go fast. So I kind of nabbed a couple up. Um, but now it's kind of, it's hard to find Tyson Berry cards on eBay. They, they really aren't there. You, the young guns are going for way more than they were before because the lower price ones are bought up and the future watch autos are not even there anymore. Um, so there's kind of a demand issue, which is typically how things will go up in price, right? Because it's harder to get them. Yeah, I guess what you have to do, yeah, like you're saying, is jump in quickly, or maybe it's a bit too late. Like at this point, you have to decide then if it's worth paying the higher price just right. because you want to get in now, which is not a, the best deal, but still you think something better than what it'll be later on. Uh, I actually... Uh, when Tyler Toffoli signed with the Habs, I was out and I didn't get a chance to like look into it until maybe a half an hour later. I saw the notification on my phone like as I was grocery shopping. And then I got home and just like you're saying, on eBay, all the Toffoli... Like I was looking for Toffoli PSA 10 Young Guns and they were like basically all gone or like super already highly inflated, like buy it now is for like 130 140 when they were like $50, $60 before. So that was it for eBay. But then I looked on comp, comc.com, and I actually found like three uh, Tyler Tofo- uh, three or four Tyler Toffoli PSA 10 Young Guns selling for like still $45 American. Whoever was running these stores, I guess, forgot to update it or didn't realize. I bought one right away. Then I posted in the uh, hockey card channel of our Discord, the Keeping Carlson Discord, saying like, hey, you guys, you should buy one of these. Like, this, is, this looks like a really good price. And then, you know, whatever, we chatted. I logged off. I, I came on later. I clicked that same link that I shared and like all those cards were gone too. So I hope, I hope one of the people in that Discord did go and buy that card because I feel like just like like Barry going to uh, Edmonton, like Montreal is obviously a place where the players seem to have inflated value just because there's so many Habs fans out there. I feel like every, like half of the cards that I buy are coming out of Quebec whenever they, they're yeah. getting shipped to me on eBay. So obviously there's a lot of a lot of Habs fans out there. And Tyler Toffoli is going to probably be, a you know, if he could be even close to what he was doing on Vancouver, get on a good line and be producing at like a 60 plus point pace. Got to imagine people are going to be really excited about him, especially if the Habs actually go far. It looks like it seems like they're building a team that could do something now. They've got Toffoli, they've got Josh Anderson, they've got Jake Allens, they have a decent backup, hopefully, so Carey Price doesn't get worn out. To me, it, it all comes together, at least for next year, a team that should be able to compete, get back into the playoffs, and then I guess, you know, you never know. Yeah, so I guess before I ask you what your plan is with Tyler Toffoli, for me, Tyson Berry, I'm probably waiting till at least three quarters of the way through the season when he's crushed, but I'm probably waiting till playoffs. That's when things really go crazy. Um, and I think the Oilers missing the playoffs would be a travesty with that lineup right now. But yeah, what are you thinking for Toffoli? Because he's a bit older. Uh, he's got, is it a one-year contract or is it no, longer? No, uh, four years, four. I believe. Yeah, he's locked in. 
He's only like 27, 28. I guess I should have had that information available. I'll check right now. Cap friendly <laughs> to Foley. This is great podcasting. But like, I don't, you know, that's a good point. Because we did do an episode. Where we were like, come up with a plan. My plan is definitely to sell. Like, I'm not thinking that yeah. Tyler Toffoli is going to be in the Hockey Hall of Fame and have a huge like resale value in like 10 years. Yeah, it's four years, 4.25 million per year is his contract. And he is currently 28 years old. So okay. yeah, I feel like makes sense what you said about Barry. Same about Toffoli. I'm, I'm thinking playoffs. Like, I hope the haves will make the playoffs and yeah i feel like that would be a good time while especially if they could win a round like they did this past time versus pittsburgh if they could do that again that'd be huge i feel like at the also like my cost was so low it was like 45 american plus maybe 10 dollars shipping so maybe i spent like 60 65 dollars canadian so i feel like i should be able to sell a psa 10 card anyways for that much just because those are are hard to get but at the same time, I don't know. I probably wouldn't have been able to sell it if he was still on LA like a couple of years ago. But he's on the Habs for the next four years. So I don't think I'm in a huge rush. But I would say maybe it's the kind of thing where we just pick a price. Like maybe if it gets yeah. to like double, like if it gets like $100 plus, maybe that's when I start to list it. Because I don't know. There's probably also a ceiling. Like he's not going to be like a McDavid and just like explode and be going for like a thousand plus dollars. So I feel like if I could get $100 or something I spent $60 on, that's pretty good. Yeah, I think that's a smart strategy with Toffoli. You're not going to get 100 points out of a guy playing on Montreal, in my opinion. So the sky is not the limit, but I think definitely a sound investment. Yeah, and I guess since we're on the halves, like let's talk about another player that goes in the other direction, right? So Josh Anderson and Max Domi swaps. They yep. send Domi to Columbus, and I feel like that... Again, like just because Montreal is such a popular place for hockey cards, I feel like now Max Domi's value, which was probably already pretty low since he had such a bad year last year, especially at the end, I feel like he was already dipping. And now it's like, I don't see any reason why you buy it. I guess the only reason to buy a Max Domi card is if you really love what Columbus is doing and you think they're going to be going, you know, to the cup finals and, you know, it'll be kind of like, uh, you know, Jamie Ben, you know, like someone who just like no one was really thinking about, then all of a sudden he was like doing really well. And then obviously then he went up. So I guess if you love Columbus, then maybe you buy in on Domi. But at this point, I wonder if his card's still a little bit inflated just because he still was on Montreal for a while. Maybe you wait a little bit until the start of the year. But then, and I feel like Josh Anderson is kind of like another Toffoli. Like, it, I feel like if someone just does pretty well on Montreal, their card is going to have value. So you just need yeah. to, you know, get it and then sell it at the right time. I actually uh, did this a similar thing with Defo- with Anderson. I actually was on the ball and I found someone selling a lot of four Josh Anderson young guns for like $8. Like, like you know, like I spent yeah. like a couple bucks each on the card. So I just like got that lot. I'm sure the person who sold it was very annoyed because he probably could have sold that same lot for like $20 if he would have just waited. But uh yeah, $2 a pop. You can't really go wrong with the guy that's going to play on the Canadians. The one thing I, I wonder, and I, I'm going to watch it closely because I do have a Domi card, is he was kind of having a tough time in Montreal. And obviously the team there didn't think he had a future there. The fans weren't super into him. And so maybe his career turns around and that could help. Yeah, um, but I guess it depends how much it costs for you to buy in at this point. Yeah, actually, you can see Domi behind me in my photos. <laughs> um, so do you remember by any chance how much you spent on that Domi back in the day? Yeah, so the Young Guns PSA 10 behind me, I think, was 45 PSA 10, okay, I'm seeing October 5th on eBay, a PSA 10 Young Guns. Here we go. Apples to apples, thirty six twenty four plus $5 shipping. So yeah, not so too far off. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, yeah. so it, ha- it hasn't dipped like crazy. So you made a, a hopefully a good purchase, and we'll see if it goes up. I guess like hopefully the people who are listening now, you'll stick with us. We're gonna like it'll be really interesting. Like I feel like we say this every episode, but like once the season actually starts, there'll be like really big fluctuations. Here we're seeing minor ones, but they're like sort of the obvious things. We just jumped in on like a Leafs player or a Habs or, or Oilers. Uh, like what other Canadian teams? I guess like a uh, big one is Vancouver who, you know, everyone went nuts about Thatcher Demko when he had those three great games in the playoffs. I remember you were telling me before I even got into hockey cards, like right at the start, you were like saying Demko was at like $10. Then he had those f- couple good games. And all of a sudden his cards were selling for 50. I think that's what actually got me like, that's what clicked in my brain. Where I was like, oh my God, this is fantasy. This will yeah. be so much fun. Because like if you would have predicted that Demko was going to break out, obviously it's hard to predict a Markstrom injury. But uh, if you would have known that Demko was going to break out, then you could have really cashed in. Uh, now the Demko Young Guns, let me let me bring that up quickly. I think I've seen it still going pretty high, not not at the $50 level, but like a raw one for like around $30, 25 30 maybe even 35 on eBay. Then I would imagine a PSA 10, we're talking like around 100 uh, Now Vancouver brings in Braden Holpe, which is like whatever. Like Holpe's struggled lately. So that's a whole other question of whether that was a smart move for them or not. But do you think this helps or hurts the short-term like value of Thatcher Demko cards? And, and Holtby cards, actually. So I think it's a really interesting situation. Demko, so one, one thing I want to do on a future episode is pick like five guys and find a way to go way back in their career and track their values because Thatcher Demko was the guy that the Canucks and their fans and everyone was raving about. Like this, this is the guy of the future. So I, I would imagine that his cards actually kind of spiked when he was a rookie or when his young guns card originally came out and then kind of faded away as he didn't do like amazing things. And Markstrom became their number one. And then, as you said, spiked in the playoffs and now it's down a bit with Holtby there. I think Holtby can't really go too far up anymore. He's won his cup. I guess he's in Vancouver now, but I don't see that being a crazy card from an investment perspective. Mm. I just feel like since Vancouver, since Vancouver is such a popular team, I just wonder if, like, let's say they win a couple playoff rounds and Holpe is their starter, yeah. that could be big. Of course, I don't really think that's going to happen. <laughs> like, I just, just <laughs> I, I don't have that much confidence in Holpe. Do you want to try to take a guess? I'm looking now at a couple uh, Holpe young guns. So raw, but they look like it's you be know, at, as good condition as possible. A couple, so, so one sold on October 4th. Oh, you know what? I'm not seeing any Holpe young guns that have sold on eBay. Uh, since the deadline. I'm looking at October 4th and October 3rd. So that's interesting. I'm going to have to dig deeper. But do you want to try to guess what they sold for on those days? It's both around the same price. Yeah, so it's really interesting with some of the older players where they just aren't being sold at the same volume as these younger guys. Now, maybe that's because there's less flying around. Yeah, Guys have them tucked away in their collections and they're like, I'm keeping that. Um, But I don't know. Holtby, and you said just raw? Yeah, just a raw young guns. I'll tell you, I'll give you some more information. The one on October 4th, 24 bids and it was $4 shipping. And the one on the third was 20 bids and a $4 shipping also. Mm. Both like very nice pictures that the seller posted. (laughs) I would guess maybe 55? Oh, lower. No, no, 33 and 36. Okay. So maybe, maybe it would be 55 now, now that he's on the Canucks. Maybe, but he hasn't done anything there yet. And I don't know whether just getting traded to a Canadian team really spikes guys. I think 
Holpe's situation. Yeah, I mean, Tyson Berry, but we don't know that it's really spiked yet. It's only been a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know that Tyson Berry is at least going to get a shot at power play one. I, I think that's an obvious place for him to land at least to get a shot. Whereas Holpe, is he the number one? Are they splitting? Is he the number two? We don't really know. And I think we won't know for a little bit. Yeah, so I guess, obviously, we don't have the answer here. Like, we can't predict. I would probably not be buying the Holtby cards just because if if I could find, uh, you know, like, I just feel like it's not going to be the kind of thing where, it, it, like, it's probably inflated now as much as it would be just because people are excited about him. And then, actually, I'm not finding any Holtby Young Guns, I got to tell you. Like, of, like, unsold, I'm searching on eBay, Holtby Young Guns. It's, like, zero results. So I don't even know how you'll get it. So I guess we can't, it doesn't even matter if I have advice for you or not on this. But well, I wouldn't buy just because I don't expect him to do that well. Not, not available, but you found some sold, right? Yeah, I found some sold. Yeah, okay. Because something, something interesting that I was looking at is uh, Mike Hoffman, who, unless something happened, is still a free agent, right? Yeah, as of now, yeah. as of okay. 8.30 p.m. on Wednesday night or Tuesday yeah, night. Yeah, so Mike Hoffman's still a free agent, and I was kind of looking at him as potentially an interesting card to buy because if he lands on the right team, he's a pure goal scorer, and that could be like dynamite. He could blow up. But he's a guy that does not have a young guns card, or it's in, or I can not find it on the internet, but I'm pretty sure he doesn't have one because of his weird path into the NHL. And I found the same thing for Anders Lee when I was looking at, you know, the captain of the Islanders who would have raised the cup if they won kind of thing. And he didn't have a Young Guns card either. So there's a couple guys in the league that because they kind of get in a weird way, they just don't get one. You'd think eventually just the first, I guess so then they just had a card the next year, but it didn't say Young Guns on it. It was just like a base card. I feel like in the olden days, we hockey card collectors, when I was a kid, we would have called just his first year that he has a, you know, a base card. That would be called his rookie card. It doesn't matter how Upper Deck labels it. But now I guess you're saying that if it doesn't say the word Young Guns, then no one considers well, it as such. He still has other rookie cards by Upper Deck in other series. Mm. Uh, and he's got like other limited cards. And yeah, there's there are quote unquote rookie cards from Mike Hoffman. But if you want the Young Guns, it's not there. So it was kind of an interesting perspective from if you're going to invest in Hoffman, you kind of have to take a different route. Um, but there's also this idea of like population. So potentially Hoffman's an interesting one because there's not that many cards out there that you can get of Mike Hoffman. Yeah, well, now I'm also finding it's the same thing about Braden Holpe. I just looked on Comp also. Right. His Young Guns isn't available there either. So maybe now I do want to Holpe Young Guns <laughs> now that I'm realizing I can't get one. But uh, the other big signing that I wanted to run by you for sure is Taylor Hall goes yeah. to Buffalo for this one-year deal. And in interviews, he's been saying he'd, he'd be even potentially happy to stay in Buffalo and, and sign a longer-term contract. So, like, obviously this affects Hall's value. And I feel like also... Someone like Erasmus Dahlin, who's a super hot young rookie that, you know, his cards have been selling actually not as high as I would have expected for, you know, like uh, Makar and Hughes are way above Dahlin. Yeah. Like Dahlin was drafted first overall, but obviously Makar and Hughes both had those amazing rookie seasons and, you know, they went far into the playoffs while Buffalo's terrible and probably no one was <laughs> in Dahlin. So yeah. I just feel like 
the thing is with Buffalo, you like I I've had many times where I've thought like maybe Buffalo will be good this year, and then it never comes to fruition. But I'm thinking yeah. it again now. I have to tell you, like they got Eric Stahl, they got <sighs> Taylor Hall. You know, they've got Dalene, who's hopefully just getting better. They've got. I don't know, Montour and Ristolainen. They've got, like, decent enough defensemen. they got Linus Allmark, who I feel like was really good at the end of last year and I think could be ready to take a prominent role. I I don't think they're going to waste time starting Carter Hutton a lot like they did last year. So, I mean... To me, I don't know. I, I see you like, kind of rolling your eyes, and I don't blame you. But like, <laughs> like I, there's many reasons to be skeptical. But at the same time, like, imagine if out of nowhere Buffalo is decent, makes the playoffs. Like Taylor Hall helps. I don't. His card's already selling for a lot. I feel like I don't think it would be that like much of a smart investment to buy his card. I could see it going up by a little. But like someone like a Darlene, who you could get right now raw for like thirty, forty dollars. You know, I look at Makar and Hughes and think I wonder if there's a similar upside for Darlene. Yeah, so, I mean, like, out of the gates, I'm not a Buffalo believer, but I don't, that's not stopping me from looking at players on their team. I'm big on Darlene. I have a few of his cards. I think this is a guy where he really could skyrocket. Um, He's that talented. All it's going to take is, you know, either individual success or Buffalo success. I think the interesting thing with Hall and what you said earlier about him staying there scares me a bit. But because he took a one-year contract, he's ripe to either leave at the deadline to whatever team he chooses to play for, basically, because he's not got a no-move clause, or leave in the summer. So maybe this like Buffalo signing drops his card value, and you can kind of reinvest in Taylor Hall as he dips. Um, I think, and I've said this before, I think him being in an Oilers jersey on his Young Guns card has value, even though he's playing on Buffalo. I see. Yeah. So they'll, he'll always have some raw value, even if he's not playing well, just because he has the Oilers jersey. Yeah. That's interesting. By the way, I misspoke about Darlene. He's selling for cheaper than I even said. I'm seeing uh, a couple a days deal. ago, a lot of two young guns of his $52. We're talking like 25 each. I see another one went for seventeen oh two. It's like, okay, I'm going to actually have to pause the show right now and start bidding on some Darlene cards. I already have a couple and I want more. I'm also seeing a PSA 10 sold What's today? October yesterday, eighty five dollars for a PSA. I spent uh, more on a Shabbat. I didn't yeah. even know I could have gotten a Dallin. <laughs> I guess like yes. Shabbat's on the Sens, and Ottawa has more fans than Buffalo, probably. But I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think add Dallin to my list of like buy now before the season starts because I don't know. I th- I think he was already destined to be better than last year, just because what is he now, like, only twenty one? Now all of a sudden you've got just Taylor Hall there. I feel like that's just so huge. Oh. Yeah, I would definitely say go get him. If you want if you want to just do that, I'll talk for a minute. <laughs> but um Okay, I'm on it. Yeah, so I, I'm definitely huge on Darlene from a hockey card perspective. I I think I got a BGS nine point five, I think it might have been sixty or seventy. And you know, most guys you can't get under a hundred dollars for a mint graded card. And yeah, I, I see a huge future for him. Um who else do we need to talk about well, free agency wise? There is actually someone that I wanted to bring up. You've interrupted my search, by the way, but I guess I'm okay sorry. Since, since we are recording a podcast, uh, there is another guy in Buffalo who I feel like might go the other direction. Potentially, you've got like Victor Olafson, who had mm-hmm. his good rookie year last year, and his Young Guns cards have been selling for 
I don't know, like a lot, like uh, you, it costs more to get a Olafsson than a Fiala. And I've been like big on trying to get Fialas lately because we talked about it on a previous episode, so I think he's going to go up. Or like, a, you know, Nikolai Ehlers also is cheaper currently than Olafsson. So obviously Olafsson's getting that like young player bump that people are just wondering yeah. like, oh, wow, the sky's the limit. But I almost feel like the sky might just be what he did last season. Yeah. <laughs> like he had a really good season. He was the trigger man on the power play and crushed it. I think as the season wore on, his numbers went down a bit. I think part of it was other teams learned how to sort of contain him or figured out like sort of what his move was. You know, he played on the half wall and they were like, right. you know, so whatever. They learned how to defend against the Buffalo power play. So all that already, I was a little bit concerned about Olafson. Then now you have Taylor Hall, another left wing who could bump him from the Eichel line, could potentially either bump him from the power play completely or at the very least bump him from that like spot maybe he becomes a net front guy like maybe you know maybe they put them somewhere else on the power play but like i just don't think that olafson has a great chance to repeat the i don't think he's gonna be terrible but i don't think he's necessarily gonna repeat like the what was he he was on pace for like 30 plus goals i don't yeah. i don't know if it's gonna happen and so if you i wouldn't be buying him right now and if you have no. an olafson i i don't know i think it might even be a time to sell i guess you're not gonna make too much money but yeah you could sell for probably like 10 15 bucks at right now and i i think that might be its peak yeah, I'm not huge on him. I think, as you kind of alluded to, his points were coming on the power play and the power play only. And on a Buffalo team that now has a better power play with Stahl and Hall joining. So I wouldn't really get in on him. Um, if we go to kind of two defensemen that are sort of tied together in a way, in Petrangelo and Krug, the two okay. big guys... Um, I'm really curious to see what happens to their values. Petrangelo in Vegas and Krug in St. Louis. St. Louis, right? I'm yeah, not, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It, right. it sounds weird, man. Like, he's been in <laughs> yeah. Boston forever. We'll have to get um, used to it. And then let, yeah. maybe let's throw a third person in there just to make it interesting. Sure. What about Charlie McAvoy in Boston, Ooh. who now has his top power play spot opening up potentially with Krug out of the picture? Man, Boston... I don't know what their plan was and if maybe they just kept missing out on free agents, but I think McAvoy is a rough choice for their number one power play. It's just so hard to say just because like Krug has been so successful, right? And it's almost like, you know, Barry was so successful in Colorado and it was so hard to parse out how much of it is just Barry is amazing versus just how sweet of a spot is that as long as you're somewhat capable, you're going to be producing because you just like feed it to McKinnon or Ranton or something and then something's going to happen. And so, like, with Krug, like, obviously he's a good player. He takes a lot of shots, which I've always liked. Like, in fantasy, he's always been great. But we're going to learn a lot now when he goes to St. Louis, who doesn't have as high power to power play as Boston does. And, yeah, like, maybe McAvoy... Who I think is a better like all around player than Krug, and in terms of, like, he plays bigger minutes, but obviously that doesn't matter for hockey card value. What matters is probably mainly the points. And I don't know. I feel like it's a great spot to be in. I don't know if he could do as well as Krug did, but maybe it won't be too far off. Of course, McAvoy has a little bit of a risk because last year there were stretches when uh, Krug would get injured and like Matt Grizzlick would be taking top yeah. power play. But yeah. come on, like McAvoy is clearly now if they're not bringing anyone in, like he's the future of the team. They got to at least give him a shot on that top power play and see how it goes. Matt Grizzlick is even signed at the moment, so I don't know who else they could even put there. Yeah, I think Boston is in a bit of a weird spot. As someone in the chat is pointing out, Marchand and Pasternak are injured right now, and who knows exactly when they're coming back. Well, the who team, knows when the season's even starting? Who knows when the season's starting? Um, I think from like a hockey card perspective, you might be able to get McAvoy and make a few bucks, but I, I would, I would kind of not be going that direction myself. I think you could bet on 
even Krug or Petrangelo and and do better. Yeah, I think I'm going to look up McAvoy. Well, the thing is Krug and Petrangelo are already selling for a lot. So I guess that's what I was going to look up. Krug, I guess, makes me... They both make me nervous, actually. Krug and Petrangelo. I don't know if I would be buying either, to be honest. Because right now... Well, Krug actually just had one sell on October... Oh, this is again October 4th for like $10. That was before he went to St. Louis. And again, he... $10. He seems like another person that perhaps doesn't have a lot of cards available because it's an older card. Yeah. Maybe they all got snapped up, but... But when you think $10 for Tory Krug, guy that's won the Stanley Cup how many times? Just yeah. once or twice? No, Boston hasn't won the Cup in a while. Maybe not since yeah. him. I'm sure he won, no? Uh, okay, I'll look this up also now. <laughs> Here's where we stumble. It's not hockey card knowledge, right? He made it to the finals. I know that against St. Louis. Right. <laughs> okay, so Petrangelo definitely has a Cup. And $10, like if you're choosing between Olafson or Krug, like, Come on. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I, I like Krug's situation just in terms of chance to get points better now on St. Louis. Because I think he, again, it seems like it's all about the power play, especially for these defensemen. By the way, okay, I'm bringing this up now just to just to confirm here. Boston, I thought he had last, one. So Boston won a, a cup in 2011. I don't think Krug's a, a 10-year veteran in the league. So I don't, I don't think so. That seems risky. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, Petrangelo is interesting because I think he's a really great all-around player and he kind of, I don't know, I don't say lucked into, but like he sort of like fell into a good situation in St. Louis where Shattenkirk was the top power play defenseman for a while and was racking up the points. And then Shattenkirk left. A lot of people thought Pareko would maybe take that job, but it turned out Petrangelo got it and like good for him and he did well. He got a lot of power play points, a lot of points overall, was averaging around 50, 60 points for the last couple seasons. But... Uh, you know, they didn't have a huge competition for him. Like, they brought in Justin Falk, who I was a little, you know, I thought maybe, because he had been the top power play guy in Carolina, which I think a lot of people think that was probably a dumb idea, especially because they had Dougie Hamilton for that last year. But uh, now, Petrangelo has real competition, because he goes to Vegas, where there's Shea Theodore, who we've actually talked about on the show, who I've told you that I couldn't believe how cheap his cards were for an up-and-coming stud like him. And I think a lot of people are concerned about Theodore now in fantasy and, I guess, hockey cards that yeah. now Petrangelo's there. He's going to take over all those points. But I just don't know if that's the case. I feel like Vegas didn't necessarily bring in Petrangelo because they need more offense or they need like help on the power play. I think they just need you know, one of these great leadership and, like, big-minute stabilizing defensemen, but I don't see why they mess with the power play. Like, why not just leave Theodore on power play one, put Petrangelo on the second unit, which gets actually a decent amount of time. So, all that to say, I'm not too concerned right now about Theodore's value, even though you said that you thought it was, like, pretty capped and limited in the first place. And then as far as Petrangelo goes, I don't... I'm not that excited about his value either. I think that he'll be, like, a valuable player on the team, but I don't know if he's going to rack in the points. And maybe you could tell me, is, like, a Vegas player versus a St. Louis player have some cachet? Yeah, I think... It's a bit tough to say. Like, Vegas has a lot of hype around them, so I like that. But they also don't have a lot of, like, actual fans like baked in through like the years and years of history, the same way that Boston does, for example. So, I mean, I personally am probably not looking at Krug or Pietrangelo as investment opportunities, but it's pretty interesting to see where they go. And I wouldn't be like shocked if those values did take an uptick as they see success on those teams. Um, St. Louis is obviously a hockey city, so I could see that kind of giving him a bit of a bump but it's no more of a hockey city than boston 
and Krug's probably going to have the same success there as he did in Boston. So I don't really see a huge reason besides a change of scenery for that to change anything. Um, yeah. I, uh, it's one of those things. Probably, I think these guys are probably like, obviously if they go on a deep playoff run, that obviously we've yeah. seen that this helps someone's value. But all right. So I'm seeing right now uh, 9.5 BGS, Charlie McAvoy, Young Guns. And, you know, with the BGS, actually, you can help me understand this. We're going to do a future show about grading. We were actually going to do grading this week, but then all this news happened. We decided that we would push that off. But uh, it's a 9.5, but it's got a 10 for centering and a 10 for surface. Mm-hmm. And then 9.5 for corners and 9.5 for edges. Currently at $31. Still a couple days left, so it'll probably go for a lot more. But I'm uh, I'm going to put in a bid right now. Like, this is more just like... On air. On air. Bidding. You know, it doesn't matter. And this goes against my advice last week of sniping. I'm putting in 32, which I know is going to get beaten. And then I'll actually come up with my sniper. This is more just so I know eBay will like remind me that like, hey, you bid on this thing and it's about to run out. Uh, I'm the highest bidder though right now. So whoever put 31 didn't uh, have something higher. So uh, I don't know. I like McAvoy as a potential guy. And Boston has a lot of fans. Like outside of the Canadian teams, I feel like they might be one of the teams with a bigger fan base. Maybe who would you say is the biggest American team in terms of fan base? Is it Rangers or, or Boston or someone it's, else? It's got to be the Rangers. They're, the Rangers are the guys that are always making the same or close to the same amount of money as Toronto. Um, yeah. Whether that's like the most dedicated fan base or the best fan base, quote unquote, is kind of irrelevant. It's when it comes to this, it's like the number of fans or number of collectors. I mean, I'm happy to hear that because I've invested in a couple of Panarins, which I'm excited for. And I'm, we're going to send a couple of them to get graded and I'm, I'm waiting to, I'm going to get rich, but okay. I think <laughs> That actually might be a good segue into the draft with Lafreniere coming to New, New York and that team kind of like overnight turning into a different team. Um, and, you know, you can't get the young guns for the drafted players yet, but there was a lot of hype around the draft and they do have cards out. So I have a few CHL cards. Uh, so I listed a few Lafreniere, some Byfields, and, and they're actually surprisingly valuable. Um, a base, I sold a base Jamie Drysdale star rookie. So it's just like the basic rookie card, kind of like the CHL's version of young guns mm-hmm. um, for five bucks. Okay. Jamie Drysdale. He's on the Red Wings, correct? uh anaheim i want to say who did the red wings get okay well now now i really sound dumb but uh, <laughs> well the draft just happened and but this, I'm gonna... this just this just proves my point that like this card and i think like these chl cards from looking at kind of historically um they get really hot about now right after the draft happens and as the draft happens but then as soon as their next real cards come out from upper deck with like the rangers jerseys or the anaheim jerseys those cards are going to kind of dip again. So um, it's really interesting to see how these events like the draft kind of cause all this hype around cards and then it will, it'll kind of wane after that. Yeah. We talked about this before that maybe it's a good time to sell these CHL cards right now. By the way, I was thinking of Lucas Raymond. I don't know why Jamie Uh, Drysdale and Lucas Raymond 
I don't know why I got them mixed up. One's a forward, one's a defenseman. So I apologize. We're going to be doing a draft recap podcast on keeping Carlson soon. So then, <laughs> then I'll have it like cemented in my head. Right now, it's still a little bit jumbly, I guess, aside from obviously the top few. And actually, the other guy in my mind, which has, I guess you can't buy a hockey card of him now, or maybe you can, but like Marco Rossi, I'm excited yeah. about because I feel like he's the guy who maybe lands in the most <laughs> beneficial spot because we've been talking on that other podcast about how like St. Lu- or Minnesota who knows what their plan was for center because they traded away Eric Stahl. Miko Koivu's leaving. Like They traded also Luke Kunin, who I think I was mentioning on this podcast is someone I, I was thinking of investing in because I thought maybe he could get a shot on the, t- on the top line. He's gone too to Nashville. So now all of a sudden we've got Marco Rossi potentially next year. He could start his career playing with red hot Kevin Fiala, I guess show favorite Kevin Fiala at this point, and also Kirill Kaprizov, who people are really excited about. Who's uh, Young Guns do you think is going to sell for more off the bat when they come out? Uh, Rossi or Kaprizov? I think Marco Rossi will. And the reason I do is because he has character. So, you know, there was photos of him with his legs that are just like tree stumps. Uh, everyone's talking about his workout routine being ridiculous and his commitment to the game being crazy. Um, they're both on Minnesota, so like wash there. But I, I think Rossi will have more hype, and maybe Kaprizov takes him over because Kaprizov's like more NHL ready. So his will probably go up in the near term more. Mm-hmm. Um, but once Rossi gets into the league, it'll kind of be. I, I'd kind of say Rossi has a higher hockey card ceiling, if we want to call it that. Yeah, I think that makes sense. At least at the start, like when yeah. the the value first comes out, then like you say, the performance will affect it. Though it is interesting how it's not always the case where the performance really even matters because Jack Hughes and Capocaco are still sky high. Meanwhile, Nikita Gusev, who started slow but ended the season like a lot better than Jack Hughes on the same team, and Gusev's young guns that came out of this exact same year just last year, it's like four or five dollars you get a gusev for nothing and i bet you next year also gusev is going to get more points but obviously he's older so people i guess are already assuming that his ceiling is you know he's not going to be a star for as long as a jack hughes but i think (laughs) i think the hype around like a guy that gets drafted and then you talk about as like your prospect on those teams and like they graduate onto their nhl teams just happens to have like more uh media attention and more attention from fans than a guy that plays in the KHL is amazing, gets signed, comes over and then just kind of starts playing. Mm -hmm. Um, And that kind of just makes sense as a hockey fan, right? Yeah, definitely. Okay. So, We'll be watching for all of these cards. And yeah, there, there's so many we could talk about, but hopefully this was a, a fun chat for people to listen to about all the different card fluctuations. Maybe, uh, so we've got, a re- we've got some fun still planned for the people hanging out with us live because you've got a box of 2015-16 Upper Deck that you're going to be opening some packs from that we got some of our listeners to buy in on. And there's a potential McDavid Young Guns that someone is going to be a proud owner of soon. And I have two of those packs myself, so I'm excited to see how that'll go. Uh, so before we get to that... Do we have time? Can I tell one fun story about adventures of buying cards off of Kijiji? I don't see why not. <laughs> okay, so I actually got a couple quick ones. So first of all, a friend of ours who's right here in the chat room right now, uh, Mathieu, he pointed out that he found a guy that was selling uh, Pedersen Young Guns. It looked really good. 
uh, but the guy was in Guelph. And he just wrote, oh, no, in the chat. The guy was in Guelph and, like, not willing to ship. And Matthew is, like, close to Ottawa. And I'm in Toronto. And so, like, I don't have a car. I didn't have a way to get to Guelph. So I wrote in my work Slack, uh, is there anyone who lives in Guelph? And then my boss, actually, the CTO of the company, was like, I'm actually going there this weekend. So I ended up having, like, uh, so much, you know, messaging the guy on Kijiji, co- like, coordinating with my boss, like, to arrange, like, the pickup time. And then, like, my boss told me that he ended up having to go, like, behind some dumpster or something. It was kind of a sketchy pickup, and he almost, like, backed out. <laughs> but uh, eventually, at the end of the day, I, I, he got the car. Then I biked over to his house yesterday at night when he got home. And then, he, like, he wanted to hang out for a little bit. So, you know, I had, like, chit-chat. And all, anyways, but I got home. I got my Pedersen card. And so that was very exciting. It was a good price. It was, like, $70 when that's card sometimes going for over 100 on eBay. So I know Mathieu feels like he should get a cut. So, Mathieu, I'll say, like, when I, when I get this graded, then sell it one day. 10% is going to you, okay? Just, you got to wow. remind me. Generous. Yeah, I feel like those stories where you kind of work for it, you feel like you really like earned that yeah. get on the card and then there's like a special connection or something. Yeah, you know what? You're right. I, I put a lot of work into this. So Matthew, 5%. Come on. <laughs> Let's be real. Also, I've got another adventure coming because I found someone selling a McDavid KSA 8.5 mm. Young Guns. But this person's in Niagara. And I was like, he said like 800 at first and I, no one responded. Then he said 600. And I wrote being like, uh, would you ship it? And then he was like, uh, how about 500? Or no, I, I don't know, whatever. I, tried, I did some negotiating, like kind of saying, just like, I'm not interested, like 600 is, because I saw that one sold, it, it, actually KSA is like some crappy grading company. And I saw also a McDavid Young Guns KSA 8.5 sell on eBay for like 572. So I was like, oh, I'm not going to spend 600 if I could have yeah. gotten it on eBay for cheaper. But then, so I wrote to him saying like, no, thanks. And then he wrote back, me like, how about 500? Would you have to come pick it up? So now I've got this whole thing planned for next weekend where I'm going to be, uh, borrowing my brother's car and then my wife and I are going to spend a day in Niagara I'm going to look up like things to do there to make it a fun day and then part of it will be picking up this McDavid and then I'm probably going to be asking you what to do with it like I could like list <laughs> it right away and make like a profit right off the bat yeah. or I could like send it to get graded first and then sell it right away or I could just send it to get graded and then hold on and like or I could just you know do nothing so uh, maybe I'll we'll have to look at the card and try to guess like what we think the PSA grading would be like if it was going to be an 8 yeah. then I'd rather just sell it as a KSA but if we think it's going to be a 9 plus then all of a sudden you know maybe it's worth it yeah it's interesting these like let's call them secondary grading companies so basically not PSA or Beckett people just don't trust them as much and that's because people have noticed that the actual card inside kind of varies, even if, it, if, if you look at all these tens. So I still think that's a pretty sweet deal though, because 500 bucks for a raw McDavid is pretty decent deal. Um, so, and it's one that like, you know, is at least in pretty good condition, if not very good condition. Um, so yeah, that'll be interesting to kind of look at what you could do with that. It, obviously has less value staying in that KSA case just because people don't trust it as much, but you'll have to kind of decide, do you want to take a few quick dollars or, I mean, take what is definitely a risk in taking the card out uh, and then resubmitting it, spend, I think you'd have to spend 50 bucks to get that graded. Oh, wow. Yeah. So yeah, we'll have to take a close look and then we're going to learn about grading on a super, on a future show. Uh, so those are my stories. Uh, anything else you want to say before we end the podcast and get to the exciting after show with the PAX opening? Um, no, I think that's pretty <laughs> much the highlights. I think uh, we can probably get to 
the excitement of the after show of opening up our 2015-16 series one ten. This is the first 10 I've got. I've got four of these. So if you are not in on this 10 and you want to be, I can start doing these every week or whenever you want. And uh, basically you get a chance to have a McDavid. Yeah. And by the way, if you're listening to the podcast and you're thinking like, how can I watch this, how this went? Uh, if you go to nearminthockey.com slash YouTube, that'll take you to the YouTube video of this episode. And yeah, we'd love to hear from you, by the way. So we're signing off here. Uh, if you want us to talk more about some free agency stuff, we could always, you know, con- to be continued next week. Send us some questions if you have any topics you want us to cover uh, at Near Mint Hockey on Twitter. We're on Instagram at Near Mint Hockey. We've been tweeting out or we've been posting some fun pictures, I should say, of some of the cars we've been buying and selling. Uh, and yeah, thanks so much for listening. Oh, a five-star review on iTunes also wouldn't hurt. Like any, anything you want to do to help the show or give us any feedback of what you'd like us to do to keep you engaged. Uh, we are here and ready to uh, grow with our community of listeners. So thanks again so much for listening. Uh, we'll catch you next week and goodbye. <laughs>